0: Bring them up, gang. Bring them up. Here we go! History in
1: the making. Green, green, green. <laughs> Hendrick gets a podium sweep at Las Vegas, and now we turn our attention to NASCAR's new short track, low downforce package at Phoenix. Hi, this is Brett McMillan. You listen to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters. With me this week, Jordan Bianchi of the Athletic and John Roberts of Sirius XM NASCAR Radio.
2: It's the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Your professional parts people.
1: Now, here's your host, Brett McMillan. And hey, welcome to the show. Glad to have John and Jordan with me here and I tell you what, we're going to talk a lot about Hendrick Motorsports. I got a feeling <laughs> coming up here today, Jordan. Probably. Yeah, probably so. They got a lot of things going on. Uh three cars in the top 3 at Las Vegas and you know, a guy who was dominant in William Byron Looked like he wasn't going to win the race until a late caution, great pit stop, and there he is standing there in victory lane with a big old hat. I, I, apparently, these hats, are, I'm told, are now the fashion, but uh, to me, it looked like something out of Spaceballs. That's it, a, a
3: good description. Um, yeah, the, the whole hat thing is, is throwing me for a loop there. Um, you know, the thing with Byron, though, is he had a really fast car. It's not like he backed into this and got lucky or just was granted a restart. He dominated throughout the afternoon, one stage one, one stage two you know got shuffled back there in the pit stops and never was able to get track position in a race where track position was everything he was the deserving winner no doubt and that Kyle Larson finishing second it just really just a butt kicking by those two guys combined on Sunday and really with Alex Bowman finishing third kind of shows you right now where Hendrick Motorsports is at and that's a that's a scary thing yeah JR as
1: you watch that race i mean as we talked about William Byron swept just about everything over the weekend got pretty much everything but the pole and yet There he is celebrating in victory lane and a
4: good weekend for him. Yeah, absolutely, and he's one of those drivers that can be really dangerous. You know, he went on the tear a couple years ago with that, uh, with that series uh, of top 10 finishes, and, and it just shows how consistent he can be, uh, but that was what you call a good old-fashioned fanny whip, and so often uh, in cup competition in NASCAR, uh, the driver who leads the most laps does not go on to win uh, the race. It can happen a lot. We almost thought it was going to happen, but one thing I thought, guys, if anybody's sitting there not thinking uh, or, or thinking that NASCAR is not a team sport. I don't think you're paying attention. Uh, that was about a team victory. I mean, the driver kicked everybody's butt all day long, uh, but it came down to that proper pit stop in the end. So, uh, congratulations to those guys, uh, pit crew. And also, one, two, three finish. I was surprised about this and don't know what you guys thought about it. Uh, that was just the third time in team history that they had finished one, two, three. I would have guessed that it would have happened more, but it tells you how difficult that really is to do.
1: It really does. I mean, that is hard to believe with the success Hendricks had over the years. And it usually is three cars, not four. But one, two, three, you would have, you know... There, there, maybe there have been some one two fours or something like that, but but the one two three only the third time is pretty amazing.
3: It, it is, and especially in this era where we hear a lot about parity and everybody's supposed to be in the equal playing field, and the cars are rather this you know about the same and everything, and to do it like they did on a, on a style track that really the, over the last year since the introduction of the next gen car has been really kind of a, a game changer in how it's leveled the playing field. It's impressive, and they have really come out of the gate strong. If you even go back a week ago to to Fontana. They were good there as well. Larson didn't get to show it because of the, uh, you know, the issues he had, mechanical issues he had early in the race, but he was running lap times that were competitive. It just feels like Hendrick right now is kind of operating at a different level. And we'll see this as, you know, it changes everything. Obviously, Phoenix is going to be much different this week. And then the the schedule, the kind of way it sets up. But if you can be good in these mile and a half intermediate racetracks, that bodes really well for your chances in a lot of races throughout the summer and really leading into the
1: playoffs. I wonder, though, Jr. are we getting ahead of ourselves? Because think back to last year, uh, Hendrick won at Fontana, Hendrick won at Las Vegas, and then, you know, as the season went on, things kind of tailed off for them. They, they went through a lull without a lot of success, you know, and they did get guys into the you – know, all four cars got into the playoffs, but, you know, they had some pro- – you know, did not have the great success in the playoffs you would have expected. So are we getting ahead of ourselves, looking at Hendrick going – Wow, look out for him
4: well I think fans of every sport are guilty about this guys I think fans of every sport magnify things uh, how many times has somebody started out uh, in major League Baseball and through seven games they're hitting 430 and and everybody's got them you know breaking Ted Williams record and everybody's uh, you know right away they're saying that this is gonna happen not realizing how long of a season it is uh, but I think there's a couple of good things about starting out fast uh, in the cup series first of all a couple years ago Ago, or a few years, I say a couple years ago, it was way, ways back uh, when you went to a chase or a playoff format you basically took a third of the season away uh, to where it magnifies again, the beginning of the season for all intents and purposes. If you win early in the season, it punches your ticket into the playoffs. Now that could change this year, uh, but I think that, that, yeah, the Brett, the the, um, tendency is there uh, for fans, media people to say, when something starts out like this, you say, Oh, these guys really got it going on, but it is a very long season. But again, In NASCAR, I think you take it in the early part of the season. You don't worry about peaking too early because through the whole time, you're accruing points, uh, you're accruing the playoff points, and that win, again, we we hope for the drivers uh, that a win gets you in. You kind of hope for the sport and the fans that, that we made this year uh, again, leave somebody out, uh, leave a winner out of the playoffs. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And again, maybe I'm guilty of magnifying early in the season. But again, guys, here we are. Uh, three winners so far this season, and again, one that didn't win last year. So at least it started out in the right trend uh, to potentially leave somebody out of the playoffs. It,
3: it certainly did, and if you go by that, it looks like it's going to bode well, and it could have similar to last year. The one thing that jumps out to me, though, is – there isn't really a surprise so far outside of Ricky Stenhouse at Daytona. What I'm saying is on really Fontana and Las Vegas, two style tracks where if you can run well, you tend to run well everywhere. You haven't seen a team like a track house like a year ago hop, you know, pop up and, and be competitive. You haven't seen a, a petty GMS like they did last year, with Eric Jones at Fontana, hop up and say, "Whoa, where do these guys come from? And then that speed kind of carried throughout the year. You know, Jones went on to win the Southern 500. Trackhouse with Chastain and Suarez had a, a great year so far it's kind of been the usual suspects I mean it, you know the, the teams that we expect to run well have so far ran well and I don't really see that mid-pack team kind of coming out of nowhere saying whoa where these guys come from and might stealing some wins along the way
1: would you consider now track house to not be one of the mid-level teams uh, anymore they're they're I- a contender because look I, I think we going
3: into this year, personally, I was kind of on the fence about track. I was, you know, was last year an aberration? Was it a fluke? I hate to use that word, but they only had one year of this success. You have to do it again. You come out, though, look at what Ross Chastain has done. He, he won two stages at, at Fontana. Maybe could have won that race. Came out, ran in the top five, top ten all day at Las Vegas. Was running fifth or sixth on that last restart and then got shuffled back. like And then Suarez is one of only two drivers to have top tens in all three races this year all the evidence suggests that Trackhouse is here to stay. So I, I don't refer to them as a mid-pack team anymore. You know, when, and what a, Go ahead, well, John.
4: What, what, Brett, I found uh, interesting last year, and Jordan pointed that out, uh, it, it's very interesting. Last year, what we saw at the beginning of the season, and, and we pointed this out a lot as we went along, the, the surprise wasn't the people who were winning the races with, with the new car. Okay, You wanted the new car to level the playing field. But last year, the surprises were, who was running in the top five and the top ten. wasn't who was winning until, you know, you got to Dakota and you saw Ross Chastain, and then you saw some of these other guys that hadn't won before winning. Uh, That happened later in the year. Uh, But to Jordan's point, it's a good one. This time around, and, and maybe it's because of who rose to the top last year, I'm not really seeing those surprises In the top 10s, in the top 15s, that that you weren't used to seeing, uh, that you weren't used to seeing, and you saw last year. Uh, It seems like that part of it, of the equation, has leveled out a little bit. But then again, uh, this is a long season. We can start seeing some surprise winners anytime.
1: It's going to be interesting to see. And one guy that we know we're not going to see in the car for at least the next few weeks is Chase Elliott. Out with a snowboarding accident We'll talk about that and his replacements In the short term when we come back Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly. Need new wiper blades but not sure which ones are right for you? The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts can help. We'll show you options for your vehicle and even install your new wiper blades for free. Right now, save $10 per pair on Bosch Focus wiper blades so you can see better in any weather. Stop by your local
2: O'Reilly Auto Parts today.
4: Oh, 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 all right.
2: Whether your engine runs daily or only when you need it, ZMAX Microlubricant is the force you need against carbon buildup that can damage your engine. Combustion causes carbon and other harmful deposits to build up on your engine, fuel system, and transmission. And carbon is like sandpaper rubbing against your engine's internal parts. You don't want that. You want ZMAX Microlubricant. It soaks into metal and keeps your vehicle running at peak performance. Find out more at ZMAX.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. Protect your engine to the max with ZMAX. Want to hear one of our past shows? Visit GoPRN.com. This is PRN, the performance racing network.
1: Start show engine! Justine
0: in turn one drives it in deep to the bottom of the racetrack. He'll slide up in front of William by rewind now down to back three. Side by side down the front stretch. One lap to go here in Vegas. Larson with a nose out in front of Bowman down the Nellis. Straight away they stay door to door side by side. Bowman at the bottom. He slides up in front of Larson. Larson with the crossover. He's out of time. Here goes Ross Chastain. He's going to the bottom of the racetrack. Now we've got a half a dozen cars sliding through the infield crash. Noah Gregson has spun but they are still side by side for the lead. All the got the advantage on the inside of the turn
2: three. When the NASCAR Cup Series race is at Las Vegas, Atlanta, Circuit of the Americas, Bristol, Dover, Charlotte, Sonoma, Nashville Super Speedway, New Hampshire, and Texas. It's right here on PRN, the Performance Racing Network.
0: Oh, but digger gets jumped out of the way.
2: Check us out on YouTube at GoPRN Live. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters with Brett McMillan.
1: And welcome back, along with John Roberts from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio and Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. We know that Chase Elliott missed the Vegas race with a broken leg snowboarding in Colorado. Uh, He will be out for the foreseeable future. No return date has been set. Josh Berry filled in for him last weekend and Hendrick has announced that Josh Berry will continue to fill in for him on the oval tracks and the one road course coming up, uh, before June is uh Coda coming up at the end of this month. And Jordan Taylor, who is an IMSA driver, also has some ties with Chevrolet. He will be filling in for him at Coda. Let's let's a couple things to unpack here, John, and let's start off. You know what? I don't have a problem with, chase elliott going out of snowboarding i mean i know that bill elliott's been a big skier and snowboarder for years and years they got a place out there these guys you can't put these guys in bubble wrap and tell them to sit around the house all the time
4: i'm with you on that brett and, and again i'm with you on that for for a, uh you know with a limit on that what what i'm saying uh and i've been saying this pretty consistently all week uh that there, there should not be now uh, there are a uh, certain because I, I looked it up uh there is a, there are you know there are activity clauses in the standard NFL major league baseball and NBA contracts that say you cannot do things like uh ride a motorcycle skydive uh, they don't specifically say uh, snowboarding, but I do not believe there should be any type of contract that says in NASCAR that says what you can or can't do, uh, because these drive these guys go out and drive other series as they wish. I think it should be incumbent on a driver uh, by themselves to determine, okay, what's my risk versus reward? I don't want anybody to have a limit on their life and what they can do, but I think you guys know, if you're involved in something, uh, like I just threw this out the other day, Say you are a carpenter and you need your hands to work during the day. You, you shouldn't do activities uh, that that risk your hands. Otherwise, when you're not at work or you're not going to be able to work. I think somebody that's in a professional sports figure environment that you have reached the top of your Sport now. I don't think this is some Wally Pip, uh situation here, where someone's going to jump in and, and light the world on fire and take over for Elliot. He's he's very solid in that, so he can go do it. But a lot of people, de- you know, a lot of people depend on, on Chase to be in that car. Napa wants him in that car. That uh, they want those guys in there. So maybe you should take a as a professional athlete or a professional race car driver. Maybe you should just take a, a thought in and of yourself. If it requires a helmet for me to do it. Maybe I shouldn't do it during the season. Again, I'm not telling anybody what to do. I don't think it should be written. Uh, and, and A, these guys should have a life. But are you telling somebody they can't have a life when they? you might say, hey, be careful about what you do? Uh, again, it's a. I can understand arguments on both sides of it. My side is be careful guys when you're out there because you can be in this situation
3: john I like the the theory of if you have to put on a helmet to do something maybe you should think <laughs> twice about doing it and
4: you're right I mean
3: if you have to do an extracurricular activity whether it's snowboarding skiing skydiving you know riding dune buggies through the desert anything where you you're putting yourself at risk. I, you probably need to think better of it. Uh, to me, I I, am, I agree with John in that you probably need to step back and kind of think about the totality of this if you're a driver and say, okay, what happens if the worst happens here? And to me, that's where I'm at on this. If I'm Hendrick Motorsports, I'm looking at this going, man, okay, all of a sudden, a driver who we thought had a chance to win the championship, now his title hopes are very much up in the air. Now, if he comes back in this timeline that Hendrick Motorsports laid out, expected six weeks recovery time. Okay, that's, you know, you know, eight races he's going to miss or so or seven. Okay, so he still has a really good chance of, of getting the playoffs, winning races, and getting a bunch of playoff points, and he should make the playoffs. But, again, you don't know that guarantee, and those races he missed could end up being the difference between making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. And if he misses the playoffs because of this, you got to go to your sponsor and say, hey, by the way, uh, this happened. How, you know, what do we do as a make good? And, and all of the consequences fall out. In the grand scheme of things, I it seems like this is going to work out and Chase is going to miss a minimal amount of time as you can for an injury like this, which is great. But to me, if I'm an owner, I'm looking at this saying, no, I'm not going to do this. I take the Joe Gibbs approach, which is he told Christopher Bell, I- I'm sorry, you're not going to be running this dirt stuff anymore because I'm worried about what's going to happen to you. And there was a crash that Bell was involved in last year at Texas on their dirt track and ended upside down, and he didn't want that. I don't blame them. These guys are commodities. They are the organizations are built around them and for, for these organizations to thrive, they need their best assets uh, operating at 100% and that, that in this case, Hendrick Motorsports is down an asset at least for the next
1: 6 weeks. All right, I will make a counter argument to you guys. Uh, I have skied since I was in elementary school, which okay. was a long time ago. And we didn't wear helmets then, John. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I
4: know. Helmets Honestly, are new. You are correct.
1: <laughs> uh, helmets are new. Yeah. But I and, and and I I would argue, and Chase, I would think Chase feels the same way. I would argue that I don't think it's a risky sport when I go out. I don't th- go out thinking when I'm going skiing that I'm going to end up hurt today because I honestly I've only been hurt one time skiing. I've been hurt more playing basketball, twisting ankles and stuff like that than I have been skiing. I I did literally last time I went skiing a couple of years ago, I fell and I ended up with a cracked rib. That's the only time I've been hurt my entire life skiing knock on wood when next time I go skiing. <laughs> but I mean that I could argue that he doesn't think it's a risky venture when he goes out skiing, John?
4: Well, okay, and I I agree with that too, Brett. I I see what you're saying there, but also 99.9% of the times uh, an NBA player would ride a motorcycle uh, would probably be safe as well. Uh, And, and, you know, again, people don't die every day skydiving, but but it's prohibited in certain sports because it's what's seen as a risky activity. And it's just, again, I don't want anything to be – Uh, you you know, I, I don't think this should be the old East Germany, you know, where we tell people what to do all the time. Uh, but I think as a driver, you need to know, okay, yes, there is a, there's a decent chance. Okay. I've done it all my life and I've never had a problem with it. There's might might be a decent chance. So let me just say a little personal thing, guys, a few years ago, uh, well, more than a few, again, more than a few years ago, because how time (laughs) flies when you're an old guy, uh, so uh, uh Xfinity team uh came to me and they said, Hey man, here's what we're gonna do, man. We're gonna make you our catch can man. Uh, Jordan, that should tell you how old this is. Uh <laughs> I had the catch can. Uh, but they said, Okay, we're gonna make you a catch can man, right? I was uh, on wooden t-
1: skis and John was a catch can man. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yes, and, and walking to school uphill both ways in the snow too. I was it's doing exactly that. Exactly right. As well. But they said, Okay, you can be um you be our catch can man, you jump over the wall uh and uh, you know, give you team uniform and everything, but you guys do a TV story on it'll be really cool and I said man I want to do that I want to jump over the wall this would be great but then I thought for a second guys um, I was a contract employee with the TV network if I go out there and smash and you know just just a little accident happens chances are how many guys jump over the wall every week and don't get hurt probably 99% but there's that opportunity that you can get it get hurt and if I don't uh, I mean I'm sorry if I do go out there and get hurt uh, on that slight chance I'm in a world of pain because I'm not getting paid by the TV network because I can't make it there. So I just think you have to take it upon yourself. I don't think asking someone not to downhill snow ski is taking their life, liberty, and freedom away. And again, you're asking them to do it. You're not telling them to do it. Uh, I do like the fact that, uh, that Mr. Andrews, Mr. Henry came out and they said, look, we support our Drivers having a life, but I don't know if if, you, if you're um you know shackling them to the to the pole to the post. By saying don't do that. And I've always been one to say, you know, when and, and for, for gosh sakes, guys, we did get the uh, crossing the street argument. Uh, you know, yeah. you can get hurt yeah. crossing the street. Or falling down the stairs our or you know, the going stairs. for a walk. Yeah, that's and a little sensitive to some of us right now. Yeah, but,
1: I mean, anything <laughs> that – broke his ankle carrying the dog John, down the stairs, but, okay?
4: <laughs> yeah, but anyway, guys, I mean, this, so, but I, I still would rather then – I would much rather have my chances walking across the street than driving a sprint car uh right that, that some people want to do so when, when you uh jordan you, you said it just a moment ago and I, I definitely agree with it um he could probably come back and, and i know we're going to talk about the waiver in a second i have my feelings on the waiver as well i think people are a little bit uh, confused about the waiver in and of itself but uh when when you do come back even if you get the waiver you still got a lot of work to do whereas normally Chase Elliott, guys, he's going to be in the playoffs. He's that caliber of a driver. It's that caliber of a team. So this has derailed that. Uh, And again, um, I understand both sides of the argument, but my point is use some caution, use some sense, say, okay, this could hurt me and I could be in a really bad situation.
3: I just I look at other professional sports and and across the board, and you guys know this because you guys have covered it as well. You know these athletes having their contract. You can't ride motorcycles. You can't do X, Y, Z. You have to be smart. You have to take care of your spells, especially in season. You want to do that stuff in the off season when you've got a little bit more free time. We got a little bit more wiggle room if, if something happens. That's fine, but doing it on the Thursday, Friday before a, a race weekend, it's just you're 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 putting yourself. In a, in a box where if the worst happens, all of a sudden you've got no wiggle room around us. And that's unfortunately the reality that Chase Elliott's in and the reality that Hendrick Motorsports has to scramble to kind of readjust their expectations and their plans going forward.
1: When we come back, we'll talk about the waiver and the guys will be filling in for Chase Elliott while he is out. So stay with us in the Rally Out of Parts Bit Reporters.
0: travel
2: it's that easy so call now and start packing 800-218-4909 800-218-4909 800-218-4909 again that's 800-218-4909 we've got more of the o'reilly auto parts pit reporters in a moment this is prn the performance racing network NASCAR returns to Austin March 24th through the
0: 26th with more entertainment and more fun, including a concert by Darius Rucker. The Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix will be a 20-turn battle featuring fancy footwork, mandatory, and body blows, guaranteed. In the end, grit and determination earns a star. It stripes? Will it be Chastain, Suarez,
2: or another? Y'all in? Tickets at NASCARECOTA.com. This April, NASCAR roars back to the Monster Mile at Dover Motor Speedway, April 28th through the 30th. It's a weekend of fun for everyone. See NASCAR's best battle the monster. Bring the whole family to Big Bounce America, the world's largest bounce house. And so much more free fun for everyone. The best fan zone with concerts, autograph sessions, and never-ending tailgates. Be there, live and in person at the edge of your seat, April 28th through the 30th. Get tickets at DoverMotorspeedway.com. That's DoverMotorspeedway.com com. Follow at PRN live on Twitter for show news and information. Now more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters with Brett McMillan.
1: And welcome back, along with Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic and John Roberts from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio. Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. We're talking about Chase Elliott being out for uh, at least six weeks, we believe, which would be through the Bristol Dirt Race. Uh, He will be filling, uh, Josh Berry will fill in for him on the Oval Track races, which means this weekend in Phoenix. And NASCAR has said that they will look at Chase's situation and evaluate whether or not he will be given a waiver as to whether or not, you know, the top 30 thing doesn't exist anymore, Mm -hmm. Jordan. So as long as he wins a race in the first 26, he would be eligible to participate in playoffs. And it's not out of the question. You think about how good he is on road courses, you know, look, look at what happens starting in June. You got Sonoma, the Chicago road course, Watkins Glen, uh, Indianapolis road course. You got four road courses mm-hmm. before the playoffs start.
3: And going further, you look at what Hendrick Motorsports just did this past weekend at Las Vegas where they finished one, two, three, they're going. To, they have good cars. They're going yeah. to be competitive. He's going to have ample opportunity. And there's not really a track. Maybe Bristol dirt. I don't even think that's fair. Does necessarily there's not a track where he doesn't run well, where he doesn't roll in there and think I can, I can't win this weekend. He's good everywhere. That team is good everywhere. They seem to have speed in the race car. He comes back. He, he's healthy. He's going to win a race. I mean, uh, the odds are he's going to win a race, and he should make the playoffs. Then and it, obviously the question is, does NASCAR grant the waiver, and that seems like a foregone conclusion. NASCAR has never denied a medical waiver. Um, they've denied it because of a, a lack of sponsorship uh, one time, but they have never turned down a waiver request
1: for, for a driver who had a missed due to injury. A lot of fans are questioning whether or not he should get a waiver because this was a non-racing injury. Of course, we don't know if he was racing down the mountain or not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we, there's a lot of details about this we do not know. There's a whole lot we don't know. Yeah. I mean, what do you think John is it should that play into it whether or not this occurred on a racetrack?
4: Well okay again, that's where NASCAR is in a pretty difficult position right now uh, because okay precedent has been set with Tony Store. It's hard to argue that uh, his was an ATV accident when he was out messing around okay they granted the waiver in that situation i think our the, the world's most famous waiver of course got to be kyle bush that was a clear uh racing accident and that was a very appropriate use of the waiver uh but in this situation i don't think you can uh in any way shape or form deny chase the waiver uh because of what you did in the past with tony Stewart. Uh, there would be a really good argument right there but then you have to be pretty careful about where you're going with that because uh you know what's next is it, do you say, okay, a bicycling accident? Do you say, uh, you know, where do you draw that line as to what you're doing? Is it anything, any injury, uh, therefore makes it okay uh, to get the waiver? But I do want to say one thing about the waiver. It is probably one of the better things that has ever been done in NASCAR history, I believe, because I saw so many guys get put into race cars that had no business being there because they absolutely had to continue for a shot at a championship. Uh, I I think in years past, and and it's what we, we say now, I think a lot of media people have jumped on the concussion thing last year with Alex Bowman And uh, with with Kurt Busch, uh, they said, oh, my gosh, look at these concussions. Well, I think in the past there were probably a ton of concussions. Guys just didn't say anything because there wasn't a medical waiver there. They drove the car when they shouldn't have been driving it. Uh, I remember my friend Derek Cope jumped in his Xfinity car uh, because he wanted to keep points going with a cracked sternum. He had no business driving that race car. Uh, It was a danger thing. Uh, But I love the waiver. Uh, for the racing incident when you give somebody a waiver for a non-racing incident i think it's a bit of a slippery slope but i also believe that nascar is in a position where they absolutely have to give it to chase elliott and i don't think it hurts guys honestly uh that he is the series' most popular driver
3: i go back and forth on the waiver. i mean to john's point the introduction of the waiver system is one of the best things NASCAR has done in a mm-hmm. long time. You hear the stories about Richard Petty racing with a broken neck or Ricky Rudd, you know, taping his eyes yep. open. He, all of those those stories, sh- those guys shouldn't be in race cars. Period. And to you know, you, there's it's not a, only a
1: danger to themselves, but to all the other competitors. hundred
3: percent. There's there's a lot of reasons
1: why they, that should yep. never be the
3: case. And I'm glad NASCAR is now kind of taking it out of their hands. And and that's how, it should have been that way for a long time. I go back and forth on how the waivers are implemented though. Do you, I mean, Kyle Busch? Yes. 100%. Tony Stewart in 2016, he's off racing dune buggies in the Arizona desert. I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't really feel like he deserves it. Like that was his choice. He made a choice. There's consequences with that. Um, this Chase Elliott thing is kind of in that same boat of, yeah, Chase Elliott, he's going to miss some time. And, and if you look at precedent and everything, he's going to get a waiver. But this was not a racing accident. This wasn't even a NASCAR event or anything like this. This was something he decided to do on his own. To me, I just don't feel like that's necessarily deserving of a waiver.
1: But, yeah, you're right. But the line gets blurred. What happens if you break your ankle carrying your dog down the stairs? That's the thing. I mean,
4: there's all sorts of what ifs. <laughs> Do I get a it,
1: waiver for that, John? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I'll give you one. Uh, but no, guys, a very good point. If if that if I was in charge of that thing, and again, I say this very confidently, um, I would have argued in the NASCAR meeting. And it's probably a good thing that I'm not a NASCAR official because things would go haywire. But I would have said, hey, no, we can't give Tony. And I think there was pressure on them because, remember, guys, he was going into uh, you know that final season. We knew it was a farewell season, and here he gets that waiver uh, – and I think there was pressure on them because of that to do that. And I think you have to treat everybody, uh, again, whether it's the, the you know number one in points or, or number 40th in points. Everybody has to be treated the same way. But I think that was one of those things uh, where you set a fairly dangerous precedent uh, with Tony Stewart. I don't believe Tony Stewart should have gotten a waiver uh, then. And I don't think the, the waiver should be there for a NASCAR racing accident. That makes sense. All right. Uh, real quickly,
1: pause. this is obviously a great opportunity for Josh Berry, uh, a guy that I, Jordan we believe has a great upside, yes. and he's going to get to run the oval track races. And then this uh, Jordan Taylor, who uh, you know more about him than I do, he's just an outstanding IMSA driver. But for both these guys, great opportunities. Absolutely.
3: Josh Berry is a prospect in the Xfinity Series. We know his story. Dale Earnhardt Jr. is a big proponent of him, so is Denny Hamlin. He's just now starting to get some opportunities, and he's really made the most of them. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do in the cup car, in a good cup car. I know Las Vegas didn't go how he wanted, but there's a lot of that's the first-time in a next-gen car, and it's hard to make that adjustment. Jordan Taylor is a tremendous talent. He is one of the best road course racers, sports car drivers, in this country he's won a lot of big races he's won championships he is a big part of gm's sports car program he is instrumental in helping uh the garage 56 program get off the ground and helping jimmy johnson and those guys kind of direct this program so for hendrick motorsports which is working the leading the garage 56 program to tab into jordan taylor saying hey come over here and race not surprising at all it's gonna be a good opportunity i think he's gonna do a really good job
4: john your thoughts you know what I really like about this whole thing, uh, Josh Berry's thirty-two years old and uh, and Taylor's is, is uh, thirty-one, so you know it's not <laughs> it's not an eighteen-year-old kid. Nothing against the eighteen-year-olds. I just want to say uh, that I like this, but I, I like the story of both these two drivers, and I do also like the uh, uh, li- like the fact that th- this is such a uh, you know it's such a what have you done for me lately. Uh, sport okay we've all known that there's a lot of pressure on who gets these seats but i also like when somebody doesn't just jump to conclusions right away and say oh well uh you know josh finished wherever w- what did he finish, guys 29th yeah 29th yep. mm-hmm. Uh, in in uh, just his third career cup start uh, in that car, I don't think I was hoping that people just didn't jump to conclusions right there and say, oh, well, uh, you know, he took the nine car and finished 29th. It wasn't that situation uh, that that he's getting to continue to do this. And, and again, if you get that, because uh, this reminds me uh, a bit, guys, of Alex Bowman a few years ago uh, when Jimmy Johnson and Dale Jr. both were pulling Alex aside. Uh, after, you know, when he was driving a, a, you know, a, a not a good car. And they were saying, hey, man, you're doing more with bad equipment than we've ever seen somebody. And that was the way Alex Bowman was able to get his shot and prove he's a legitimate winner in the Cup Series. So here is a situation where some guys have seen what Josh Berry can do, and I would trust Dale Jr., and I would trust the guy, Denny Hamlin. I would trust these guys that have gone to bat for him uh, that, that can understand what driving talent is. I love the fact that he's getting this opportunity.
1: His job on Sunday was to run all day. Yep. Keep Getting it between experience. the walls.
3: Yep, And he did. It, it's really hard. You go back a year ago, Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson had a lot of races in the next-gen car. They struggled, and no one is doubting their ability because it is hard to make that leap nowadays. The cars are so dissimilar. There's such a, a steep learning curve. you got to give Josh a little bit of time, and that's a tough situation. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do over the next few weeks, but again, he's got a lot of talent, and if you're patient with him, I think the results will be there eventually.
1: going to be interesting to watch. All right, when we come back, if you hadn't noticed – Chevy is now three for three. And where has Ford been? We'll talk about that. Stay with us. Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly. Don't risk getting stranded with a bad battery. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts test your battery for free. If it needs to be replaced, get up to a $15 O'Reilly gift card after rebate with purchase of select SuperStart batteries. For power, performance, and reliability, choose SuperStart batteries at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh. It's a Lone Star tradition, a race weekend featuring the NTT IndyCar and NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series April 1st and 2nd. Lone Star Bedlam erupts Saturday as veteran Truck Series driver Matt Crafton leads the pack in the speedycash.com 250. Then it's the can't-miss 220-mile-per-hour Lone Star Battle Sunday featuring Joseph Newgarden, Padua Ward, and more. Go to texasmotorspeedway.com for tickets.
2: Parking is free, and you can bring a cooler. More of the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters in a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.
0: Hi, this is Brad Keslowski. Thanks for listening to Kathy Martindale and Paul Shad on ZMAX Racing Country. Let's go to Nashville. It's Kathy
2: and Gary Allen. What, what are your de stressors Chiropractor's huge for me. To me, that's like a massage. <laughs> what do they work on on you? My neck and my back. Because I fly a lot, I feel like yeah. up in between my shoulders is always really tight. And from playing guitar.
1: Z-Max Racing
2: Country. Music from the... Coca-Cola 600 represents everything that's great about America. It's 600 miles of wheel-to-wheel NASCAR action and heart-pounding excitement from sunup to sundown. It's a salute to the troops on Memorial Day weekend. It's a fun family outing for fans of all ages. Visit CharlotteMotorspeedway.com to get your tickets today. Kids get in for just $10. The Coca-Cola 600 on Memorial Day weekend. Download our free mobile app to listen to the show and more great PRN content on the go. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters.
1: Hey, welcome back. Along with Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic, John Roberts from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. Jordan, three races in. We got three Chevy trips to victory lane, and Toyotas did okay on Sunday, but I tell you, the Fords, despite winning the poll, not a lot of presence in the top ten. I think at at one point I, I the one of the pits I had was Brad Keslowski and he was the top forward running about sixth and that was when they got all strung out. And sixth was way back.
3: Yeah, it was a tough day. I mean Logano wins the poll, Ryan Blaney qualifies well, and you're thinking, okay, it looks like Penske came to play again. A track they won on last fall. You're thinking, okay, here we go. And then the green flag fell, and both those guys dropped anchor. Brad Keslowski, good run for that team, good where that organization is at right now. But they weren't like they, you never thought they were going to win the race. And Kevin Harvick had a good run and he graded it out and, and you know had a top ten finish and everything. But you never really thought a Ford was in serious contention to win. And it's surprising for a multitude of reasons. One, typically a good Ford track, especially for Penske. Harvick has won there as well. And then going into this year, there was a lot of talk about how the Fords maybe were a little bit better because of the arrow changes, the new nose, the new rear clip, and that seemed to you. You you talked to the experts and they had said like it's. That is going to benefit the Fords and numbers and everything. So far, it's not really bowed out that well.
4: John, what are you thinking? Well, uh, okay. I know you have to, again, take it at the beginning of the season and not be too worried just three races in. But then again, if you look at the finishing order, Chevy, 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 uh, Toyota, Toyota, Ford. Uh, your highest finishing Ford was Austin Cindrick. Then uh Toyota Chevy Ford uh then Kevin Harvick again I don't think there's any panic time yet and it's funny it brings us to that question at what point of the season uh when we start out you know people say well it's just Daytona don't take anything from it it's so huge that the real season begins next and then say well uh, okay it's just the west coast swing well some people look after the west coast swing is done that's the barometer of where your team really is and we've got one more race in that and then you move on to someplace else and then some people say Say well, I'm not going to be really concerned about anything uh, until we get to Charlotte. But I think you really need to be concerned uh, about things from the beginning, from a from a team standpoint. I don't know if all the way across the board uh, th- that Ford should worry right now. Now I think next couple of races. You might want to start looking at that as a manufacturer as a whole, Uh, but then again, we have manufacturers, we have teams, and then we have drivers. So there's a lot that goes into it before you click any panic button.
1: It it could be a while before we really know any answers. When you start looking at the schedule coming up, Jordan, you think about you know Phoenix and Phoenix still you know okay, it's kind of an animal to itself, and you know if you're if you're off even a little bit at Phoenix. It almost turns into a test session for the finale. Yep. You know, then you know, then you go to Atlanta, which is now more of, more Daytona talladega than than it is a mile and a half, a traditional mile yep. and a half. Then is Coda. Then you got I think it's is it Richmond and the you dirt got, track or Martinsville and the dirt yeah, track? Yeah, Martin. You got I mean, in that stretch yeah, there, still, you, yeah. you've
3: got Bristol, which is dirt. You got Martinsville, which is flat. All you got Richmond. You've got all these racetracks. And don't forget, too, by the way, a new aero package going to be introduced at Phoenix yep. and also going to be ran at Richmond and Martinsville. So you don't know. Everything is kind of up in the air right now. It seems like we have an idea maybe on the intermediate tracks, and that's that's all well and good. But things can change. You go back a year ago, Team Penske struggled at Las Vegas, really on the mile-and-a-half racetracks in general at the beginning of the year. They struggled bad. They weren't happy at all with their program. year goes on. Later in the season, they get a test at Homestead-Miami Speedway and they hit on something there during that test, and they were able to carry that through. Logano goes to Las Vegas, wins that race. Ryan Blaney's got really great speed in the mile-and-a-half racetrack. So, so much can change from the beginning to the end and over the course of the season. But when you've got road courses, short track, super speedways, um, rules package, and a dirt track in there, it just feels like right now it's a little bit jumbled. I always say you really don't have a good idea of who's where and who's what until after the 600 at Charlotte Motor Speedway.
1: And and as you look at it, I mean – I think you said it, Jr. too soon to panic, and Toyota's just kind of there in the middle. I mean, they're just kind of plugging along, and, you know, yeah, okay, they've got six cars right now, and I know we know they're looking to add a couple more next year at least, but they're just kind of there, and Chevy's, I mean, Chevy swept the weekend in Vegas. Trucks, Xfinity, and Cup. they got to be just riding high, loving that new nose they have.
4: Yes, they gotta be loving that uh, as well, and uh, you know, you mentioned that there's you know, somewhat of a lack of Toyotas out there, but one thing I do really like. Uh, about this part of the season. Uh, We've been talking the whole program about how things get magnified earlier in the season and, uh, you know, when is the time to panic. But the good thing about our schedule is that at the beginning of the season, uh, you know, you have the spectacle that is Daytona on the big track. Uh, You got your short tracks. You got your intermediate tracks. uh, And then you got a road course in there as well. You get everything early in the season that NASCAR has to offer. And that's the place when you can start looking back and see, okay, uh, does Toyota have bright spots does Ford have some bright spots is there any time to uh, worry about it right now is it a team thing is it a manufacturer thing or is it a driver thing
1: all right each week in the Rally Auto Parts pit reporters we give you a chance to go to goprn.com and vote in our poll and this week's question is will Chevy finish the year with the most wins yes or no Pretty simple. <laughs> it seems like it so far. Uh, yeah. yeah, seems like a shoe-in <laughs> so far, but hey, you know, we got four. We got we got Blue Oval fans out there and Toyota fans out there. Last week, we asked you, how many races will Kyle Busch win this year after he won at Fontana? And we got 39% said it will be three or four. 32% said five or six. 15% said seven or more. And 14% said one or two. So uh, a vast majority think he's going to win in that three to six range. So they think a lot more is coming. All when right. we come back, we're going to talk about that package that Jordan talked about, the new down downforce package at Phoenix this week. What do you think we're going to see to go with that? We'll find out. Oh,
0: oh, oh, O'Reilly. Cleaning your fuel system can help your engine run better and improve gas mileage. Visit O'Reilly Auto Parts and pick up a bottle of Chevron Techron Fuel System Cleaner on sale now. Buy one, get one free. Plus, get two times O rewards points. Get more fuel saving tips from the professional parts people at your local O'Reilly Auto Parts or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, oh, oh,
4: O'Reilly.
0: It's PRN's Brad Gilly. Did you know you could take PRN with you anywhere? That's right. By downloading the PRN mobile app, you can listen to our live race broadcast from anywhere. Make sure you don't miss a second of the action from the track. Download today for station listings and on-demand access to your favorite studio shows like Fast Talk, The Pit Reporters, or Garage Pass. Get all the latest racing information at your fingertips with the PRN mobile app. Download today, available in the Apple App Store and on Google Play.
2: Brett McMillan returns with his guests in just a moment. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.
4: Speedway Runners Charities was really started out of um, a really sad time in life for our family. Um, my young brother died as a as an infant, and you know, out of that pain. Came the desire for my parents to do something to to help children. My mom and dad weren't really happy with just giving money to an organization. They really wanted to be more hands-on and see that every dollar was put to the best use. We take charities that otherwise may not get the attention from other donors and we provide funds to them. At Speedway Children's Charities, our mission is simple. Help every child we can. Because all children deserve joy and hope
0: and love. And if one child is still in need,
4: then there's still work to do.
1: Because their future is our future. And there's still so much they can teach us.
2: Visit SpeedwayCharities.org. Get your short track racing fix with PRNs at the track. Visit goprn.com. Now, more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters.
1: And welcome back, along with John Roberts from SiriusXM NASCAR Radio, Jordan Bianchi from The Athletic, Brett McMillan, glad to have you with us. All right, John, we're going to see the new short track road course, intermediate track, however many places we're going to see it, the <laughs> low downforce package, which Jordan and I were talking during the break. One of the things I think is going to happen with this is it's going to let these guys slide through the turns more, which means they're going to chew up the tires, which drivers love because tire management puts it in the driver's hands.
4: Yeah, the numbers behind this thing, Brett, are kind of interesting. Uh, this is the lowest downforce package that we've had since the '90s, and it takes away 30 percent of downforce. And uh, if, if people don't quite understand, you know, what that means, and don't want to insult anybody's intelligence here, you know, but downforce is what pushes that car down into the racetrack and makes it easier to drive. Now, I know a lot of uh, drivers would go out there and say hey man i want as much downforce as possible uh so i can mash the gas throughout the turns uh but when things get more difficult on a driver it gets more it gets better for the fans. Uh, This is going to be more difficult. They're going to lean on each other through the turns. I like it, Uh, and I understand that some of the short track races have been somewhat lackluster from what the fans in NASCAR have been looking for. Uh, So NASCAR is taking a big swing at this thing. Uh, Taking 30% of anything away from a race car is huge, and going back to something that uh, you haven't seen in that long in racing, uh, I really am interested in seeing it. I am very bullish on it. I think it's going to improve the product greatly, Uh, and again, I'm with you, Brett. I can't wait to see it.
1: I mean, this is the one area that the next gen car did not live up to expectations last year, Jordan. Yes. It was it was, you know, the Richmonds, the Martinsville's road no, courses in the in the road courses and so i think you know they're they're making efforts to make it better
3: I, I applaud nascar for figure trying to figure this out we'll see if these changes work drivers are encouraged you talk to them on the record off the record like there's a lot of enthusiasm like hey this is this is good this is good of nascar to do this these changes they did test this early in the, in the off season at phoenix a, a small group of drivers the, the feedback from that was was pretty encouraging they need to do something. Everybody recognizes that you can't have road courses and short tracks, which there are more of now on the schedule than ever before, at least in this modern era. You've got to figure out how to do this. You've got to have put on good racing. And when you've got key races at Martinsville, at the Roval, and at Phoenix in your playoffs, you, you have to put on a, a really a compelling product, and that was not the case. We'll see if this works. I hope it does because if it doesn't work, it's back to the drawing board, and then you're starting to run out of levers to pull, and then it's going to get real complicated.
1: Well, that kind of leads to the question, and Jr. get your thoughts on it first. I mean, we're, we're kind of like where we were a year ago with this next-gen car from the standpoint that, for this race at least, it's going to be a sim setup, <laughs> basically. Yeah. they They don't know what they've got.
4: Yeah, it's a brand-new thing, and, and it's a challenge. And I think uh, I think drivers embrace the challenge uh, because, you know, you want to be the one that that outthinks everybody else, or you want to be the driver uh, that, that figures it out first or is able, is able to handle it better. Uh, I am a huge fan. Well, I'm a fan of all racing uh, and all, all disciplines. Uh, but in what comes right down to it, uh, I love the road courses in NASCAR, and I love the short tracks in NASCAR. Uh, they produce some of the greatest racing we see throughout the course of the year. And so if – That was part of the thing that was somewhat lackluster last year. Uh, The fact that they're swinging, they're taking such a big swing at this this year and making it so different. Um, I think it's something that uh, I like that the fact that the drivers are embracing it somewhat, but I think it's going to have, again, a a better effect on this whole, uh, on this whole outcome of it. And, and again, that, Makes me happy because I love the short tracks, and I'd like to see more of them in the future.
1: Can this be this race at Phoenix be an accurate depiction of what we're going to see? You think because these guys because it's new to most of the teams, maybe maybe not. Jordan, uh, maybe Jordan,
4: maybe you know, not. Uh, I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I mean, Deckel Johns. I don't know. It's really hard because the conditions what you have now are going to be so different than what you face in November. Plus, you've got to remember that teams are going to be able to take data from this race and other short track races. And fine tune and tweak, and there's a practice session this weekend, so you're going to have a lot of data coming from this weekend. And what you think you know now isn't necessarily going to be true later.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, as we look at the guys that you think think about this week, and one of the things I hate to do early in the season is look at points. You know, there are some people who are deep in the points right now. And you would think, oh wow, th- these guys are in trouble. But the simple fact is, John, this early in the season. You can make up a lot of points and you can make them up fast. I mean, you know, Tyler Reddick went into Las Vegas and he had, what, four points? Yes. I mean, (laughs) you know, but but you can make that up fast, especially when you're looking at Daytona being one of the races in there because that's such a a, a crapshoot.
4: Yeah, I like that a lot about this point in the season that things can shuffle. Later in the season, when everybody's accrued a lot of points, uh, you can't, you know, even if you finish first and one of your competitors is way back in the field, you're not going to pick up that huge of an advantage. But what was interesting, though, and it shows what you really can do, this is the big number, I think, uh, when you look at points early on in the season. William Byron, by kicking everybody's butt and leading all the laps and the stage wins and the victory, only guy who accrued playoff points. William Byron was able to put together seven playoff points right now and, and that is so huge this early in the season because you can go out there guys and you can run really well. You can have a good finish uh, but sometimes you can even win a race sometimes but there can be that guy lurking behind you uh, that wins the stages and I think it's a very interesting and good part of the point system that accrues more of the playoff points and we've seen over the years starting back uh, when uh, Martin Trex Jr and Cole Pern what I thought very masterfully from the beginning of the season started paying big attention uh, to those stage wins and getting those playoff points uh, which parlayed them into a championship so uh, again while the points can change very quickly uh, at this point in the season it is never too early in NASCAR's top series to look at points.
3: I, I there's truth in that. And the fact is that Tyler Reddick is, is buried in points. I think he's third worst right now, or worst among drivers who ran at all three races. That's a little worrisome, except for the fact that they do have speed. They just have not had the results. They not have had luck. He can go out and win a race and no one would be shocked and lock pretty much virtually lock himself in the playoffs. But for guys like a, a chase Briscoe, for example, who we don't have a track record with who we don't know has that same level of speed running, how you've had the past two weeks and getting buried in points your path to the playoffs isn't as clear cut. If you can't win a race and your only means to get in the playoffs is by points, you're facing an uphill climb. And right now that is a tall task for a team in the 14 and really SHR with the exception of Kevin Harvick,
1: whose cars really haven't been that great. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. Anytime you're bad, anytime you're deep in the points, you can panic being this deep, this early, which is kind of fruitless. You can make up that ground, but, Speed is a great cure. And when
3: you've got yeah. speed, it's great and it's fine and you feel good. But when you don't have speed in your buried in points,
1: oof. Yep, absolutely. Hey, O'Reilly Auto Parts Power Torque Tool DIY Days sale is going on now. Save on hand tools, power tools, and more. Shop in store or online at O'ReillyAuto.com. White flag laps next. Oh, oh,
0: oh, O'Reilly. Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with peak long life universal premixed antifreeze and coolant. Now just $6.99 after mail in rebate. Limit supply, see store for details. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts today.
4: Oh, oh.
2: We work hard to keep our cars looking great on the outside, but engine components need our attention too. That's where you can trust ZMAX Microlubricant to disperse carbon buildup in your engine, fuel system, to keep your car or truck running at its peak. By soaking into the metal of your engine, ZMAX Microlubricant improves performance, extends engine life, and reduces emissions. Trust the many customers who've said, thanks for saving my engine. Find out more at ZMAX.com or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. There's more of the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters still to come. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network. The grassroots is where the hometown
0: heroes of Friday and Saturday nights are and where the future stars of NASCAR are made.
1: The stories and journeys from the grassroots are always unique. Whether it was the excitement of her championship at the track her grandparents helped build, the loneliness of his first win without his father there to hug him in victory lane, or the track their mama warned them about,
4: PRNs at the track covers the people of America's baddest bull rings. PRNs at the track, relentless passion for grassroots racing.
0: You think of all the things that really just in the last 25 years have happened, the champions that we've seen, that's what I think is really cool about it. I just believe the addition of Kyle Busch to RCR and what I saw at the tail end of last year, I think Austin Dillon could win three or four races this year. When I think of somebody
1: that's a moral lock, I think of somebody that has great consistency, and there are only four drivers right now that have been in five championship four playoff races. That's Fast Talk
0: right here on PRN.
2: Check out all of our show pages on goprn.com to find archived shows and more. Now, back to the O'Reilly Auto Parts pit reporters with Brett McMillan.
1: And it's time now for our white flag laps. And first off, from Nashville, Tennessee, singing our country favorites, It's John Roberts.
4: (laughs) Hey guys, really, any race that's worth winning is a marathon, not a sprint. And those who sprint don't finish. We all have our our uh, our criticisms of NASCAR and what they've done over the years, but I think if you look at the three top series and what the goal was for those three top series, we're in a really good spot right now. Parity was the goal in the Cup Series. Record number of uh, first-time winners and winners last year uh, was so high; the number was so high that there is parity in the Cup Series. They wanted an identity for the the Xfinity Series, not being cup light anymore. The NASCAR Xfinity Series has its own identity and its own drivers right now. Goal number three was to save the truck series from financial ruin. They put that crate uh, engine in there. uh, That saved the truck series, and now the truck series is more competitive uh, and, and more fun to watch than ever. So on all three of those goals, I have to say sitting here right now, mission accomplished NASCAR, and it was a long time coming.
1: All right. Well said. Next up from The Athletic, it is Jordan Bianchi.
4: A year ago, Austin
3: Sindrick, Kyle Larson, Alex Bowman, Chase Briscoe, and William Byron won the first five races. What did that mean? Well, at the time, it looked like some of those guys were never going to lose. Kyle Larson was coming off a dominant championship year. Well, guess what? Most of those guys, with the the exception of maybe Larson, who did have a good later part of the year, and Chase Briscoe, who made a deep playoff run, they were largely quiet. They didn't do much. So my point is this, as we celebrate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. winning Daytona 500 and Kyle Busch winning at Fontana and Hendrick Motorsports dominating at Las Vegas, and we start to make assumptions and and start to believe certain things, don't necessarily take that to the bank. It's early. What we think we know now, we don't necessarily know later. Things are going to change. The guys that are struggling now may be doing well later, and the guys that we think are championship contenders now may become middle of pack runners later in the year.
1: All right. That's That's why we don't leave early. Never leave early. Never leave early. What was Chase Elliott thinking? Well, he was thinking about getting away for a few days and relaxing, and why shouldn't he? The Elliott family has been skiers or snowboarders for years, and for many, it may, may, you might consider that a dangerous pastime, but for those guys, it's recreation and relaxation, and it's certainly safer than his full-time job. You can't put these guys in bubble wrap and tell them to sit around the house and do nothing all week. They have to live their lives. And even just doing that is no guarantee they won't suffer an injury that will sideline them from the race car for weeks. Heck, I broke an ankle this past November carrying our dog down the stairs. Yes, the dog is fine, but I couldn't drive for six weeks. (laughs) Tony Stewart used to call driving in other racing series his golf game. The difference between them and a lot of us is if they get hurt during their golf game, they can't work from home until they get better. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Jordan, John, thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week on the O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters.
2: The O'Reilly Auto Parts Pit Reporters on the Performance Racing Network was presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. This is PRN, the Performance Racing Network.